0: How many of you are glad that mercy said no? When the enemy tried to take you out, God's mercy and grace blocked what the enemy tried to do. Amen. Now, I am up against the clock. <laughs> All right. How many will give me an extra five minutes? 5, 10, 15, 20. I'm going to try to, to just do my best this morning to, to be brief and to tie this together. I believe the song that Pastor Lisa just sang is a powerful reminder of God's mercy in our life. Because we, we have to come to the realization that there is a spiritual battle going on. And there is an enemy that is real, that is bent, hell-bent on taking you and I out. We're talking about the life of David this morning and we're talking about uh, continuing our message from last week where we said that David was able to run towards the giant, run towards Goliath. He ran towards Goliath with faith in his heart, with with passion in his soul, with a determination to defeat an enemy that had come against the people of God. And David understood that he had the power of God to defeat that enemy when the rest of the army, when the rest of the people of God should have known better, but but they didn't, they ran in fear. And I believe that many of God's people uh, many times, I want us today to believe God because giants coming in all shapes and sizes, and their one desire or their one strategy, it's really a strategy of the enemy, and that is to take us out. It is to destroy us. David against Goliath was not just a little skirmish, a little battle that would be over, and, and they can, you know, lick their wounds and, and face another day. No, this was a life and death struggle. Now, what I want to share with you this morning is that. We can run against our giants, we can run against our enemy, and we can not only take him down, but we can take him out. We could defeat him decisively. Now, when we talk about giants, we're not talking about physical giants this morning, we're talking about spiritual giants. Giants can be any number of things in our life this morning. I want you to hear this, I want you to get this this morning. Giants can be problems, pressures, addictions that we all face from time to time. Giants can cause major problems in our life, threatening to destroy us. So what is a giant? It's, it's not a literal giant, it's, it's figurative. And I believe any, a giant can be anything that seeks to distract us, deter, deter us, or ultimately destroy us. A giant is anything that is opposed to God's good plan for our lives. Let me say that again. A giant is anything that is opposed. So what are some other possible giants that we can maybe relate to this morning? There's the giant of fear. The giant of bitterness. That's a killer. The giant of guilt and shame. The giant of loneliness, discouragement. The giant of self-destructive habits, and there are giants of addictions. Now listen, there can be giants of secret sin, secret addictions, and secret lusts that the enemy of our soul wants to use against us to destroy us. The problem in many places, in many churches, and among many Christians, that they don't think sin is that bad. They think sin is something you can play around with and not get burnt. They think sin is something that you can, you know, we're all going to fall into, and so we might as well just go along with it, and then I can repent and get out of it. That's not always the case. Jesus said whoever commits sin becomes a slave of sin. And sin will bring you into bondage. Sin will destroy your life. This morning, I want to believe that that giant is going to come down and some of you are going to gain a decisive victory and you're going to cut his head off. Now, the Bible says that David, with his slingshot, he took down the giant and he killed him, but he went over, he ran towards him, took his sword, and he literally cut his head off, and he grabbed him by his man bun, and he took him, and he, and he, and he displayed it as a victory in his camp. Hello, how many of you are listening this morning? Now, I want you to get this this morning. You know, I know personally... I know personally, a man in his 50s and, or 60, uh, 60s, he lost his home. He was a, a well-to-do person. He was someone who had worked all his life, but he got entangled in the addiction and the bondage of gambling. And he literally lost his home at the casino by, by, by withdrawing money, taking out a loan, taking out a loan because of the addiction of gambling gambling is an addiction you think you could play around with it but please be careful some of you uh, I'm going to read your mail right now some of you want to play the lotto and Bucks, and you want to become the next millionaire or the multi-millionaire I want to tell you that it is an addiction that will destroy your life I know someone personally and that could be multiplied many times over of somebody that got involved in gambling and they blew so much money that they ruined their life they ruined their family and they headed down a path of destruction what is unbelievable, what is mind-boggling, that our culture now, that gambling is so prevalent now, that now you watch football, the ESPN commentators, all of the commentators on sports now, now they tell you who's going to win the game, what the spread is, what's the under and the over, and how you can bet on the games, and everybody and anybody now can download an app and start to gamble on football, baseball, and sports. God help us. Our culture now has begun to sanction everything that has been sinful and that has been wrong. It is now becoming legal and it is now becoming acceptable. But just because the world accepts it or the world says it's legal doesn't mean it's right and doesn't mean it's good for your soul. I know know another person, a Christian man. Listen, I want you to get this. I want you to hear this. In a Christian Assembly of God church who began to mess around with pay a pay view for sex sex uh, um, online videos and he literally lost his home. He was a Christian man, was faithful in his church, but he got entangled in the lust and the pornography and began to pay all these websites, whatever they do, however they do it, but he lost his home home tens of thousands and thousands of dollars because he got entangled in sin. I'm talking to people here this morning that you are playing around with fire and you think you won't be burned. I know another Christian woman, I'm not talking about uh, hearsay, I'm not talking about uh, reading articles or hearing it from second and third parties, but I know another Christian I know a Christian woman who literally blew over a 100,000 dollars, close to 150,000, a Christian woman snort and crack cocaine. How does this start? It does not start in the, in the end or, or in the extreme or in the, the outlandish and the way out there. It starts little by little. A little pot, a little smoking, a little reefer, a little bomb, whatever they call it today, it's still sin. I don't care if you give it a good name or a new name. A little, little, a, a, a little, a little, where's my phone, a little, a little Facebook uh, scrolling and, and seeing some woman or, uh, well, it's not just the men, some, some, uh, a man, some of you women start to correspond with, you're married, you've got a husband, you've got a wife, you've got a spouse, but you begin to mess around and you think you can get away with it, you think a little, a little playing around won't burn you, but I'm telling you it will, because the name nature of sin is it's never, ever, ever enough, and you need more, and you need more, and you need more, and it does not end. Now listen, don't look at your spouse, don't look at anybody and say, why did you tell the pastor this? Because nobody told me, I know human nature, I know the nature of sin and the power of sin, and not enough preachers are willing to preach it because they're more concerned about their following on Twitter, and they don't want to get canceled out, and they don't want to lose members, but I'm more concerned with the Word of God and with truth, and I love you too much to not tell you the truth because it's not about my reputation or about who follows me and who comes to church. i got to answer to God. And I plead with you this morning, we need to take, cut the head of this giant off. We need to cut it off because that giant is seeking to destroy you. They're hell-bent. They're hell-bent on destroying us. We're locked in a battle, a spiritual battle. Let me tell you, secret sins will destroy you publicly. There are preachers who began to mess around. There are there are leaders in the Christian church in this nation that began to mess around. I went to a Bible college that was one of the most famous Bible colleges of its time. You think you think uh, Steve Furtick is big, you think T. D. Jakes is big. This guy was like the Pentecostal Pope. He was the most famous worldwide. Worldwide, I won't say what his name was, but he thought he could begin to dabble with pornography. And it led to prostitutes, not on one occasion, but on many occasions. And it destroyed his ministry, a worldwide ministry that helped missionaries around the world. I've met missionaries in other countries who said, this is what this preacher built. This is what he built. He was giving us tens and much money, thousands of dollars for the cause of Christ. But he imploded because of sin. Sin is no respecter of persons. We've got to take the head off this giant. We've got to take, you cannot play with sin. I'm tired, I'm sick and tired of too many men traveling overseas and ending up in bed with somebody that's not their spouse. I'm tired of the lies that they're just going over to do business, they're they're doing monkey business, they're doing the wrong kind of business. But how does that start? It starts so subtly. You see, I can give my wife my phone. She knows my password. I've got no nothing hidden. And I don't say that cuz I'm so holy. I say that with the fear of God cuz I need to be accountable because I'm human too. Hello? Some of you need to give your wife some of your passwords. And don't create another account cuz God sees that. Don't play games with God. You think you're slick? You're a fool. You're a fool. The Bible says a wise man foresees evil and he hides himself. A fool passes on and is destroyed. Meaning the wise man makes provision so he doesn't get entrapped. The fool just keeps on walking and walking and thinking he can get away with it. You can't get away with it. We need to cut the head of the giant off. We need to deal decisively with this enemy. Some of you need to become accountable. Some of you, I've hit the target in your life. I don't know who you are. I got an idea. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you need to become, you say, well, what do I do, pastor? How do I cut the head off? Well, you know what? You need to become accountable to somebody. You You need to get an accountability partner. Maybe if you're having problems, or you're you're even tempted, maybe maybe you need to, to, deal, to deal, delete some people on, on your. Maybe you need to delete Facebook. You know, some of these things you've got to be decisive. You can't play around with it. You've got to be decisive. I know some people, the stock market became became an obsession. I know some businessmen, they became so obsessed, they lost money. All they were concentrating on what the Dow was doing, what the Nasdaq was doing, what the stock market was doing. And they were so obsessed with it, it cost them their job. It It cost them a lot of money. Why? Because they got entangled in something that seemed so innocent. Is investing in the stock market wrong? No, it's when you become obsessed by it. And you have to know your sinful proclivities and tendencies and propensities and you need to protect yourself and you need to cut the head of the giant off because if not, it'll cut your head off. Let me just, let me just give you a little hint. You know, when you start to deal with this, the devil ain't going to go easy. And you know, when you even cut the devil's head off, he's still going to give a little last attempt you say, well, isn't he dead? Well, you know, what I, you know what I found out? I heard somebody say, when you cut the head off a snake, the snake still gives one last effort. to. So I had to try that. We had, you know, in our little, in our garden, in our back, I used to think they were called garden snakes, but they're gardener. Gartner. Oh, people say, oh, was that a gardener? Yeah, it's a garden snake. No, the pre- proper word is gartner. Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> anyway, it was in our backyard, and I got out one of my machetes that I'd gotten on one of my missions trips. And I said, I'm going to try this myself. So this was about two-foot snake, and I, and I got it, and it was crawling up the wall, and I chopped it right, right a little below its head. And, 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 and it freaked me out because you know what it did? It was still moving even after I chopped. It was chopped in half, and this thing was still moving. You know what that means? That means when you do deal with some things in your life, the devil is not necessarily going to let you go. There's still going to be a reaction. There's still going to be a sense, well, this thing is still alive. But you know what? By the power of Jesus Christ, we can destroy the enemy. We can, we can take him out. I don't have time to, do, to say all that I want to say, but, but let, me just say, let me just say the importance this morning is to deal with it, how did David deal with it? I mentioned it last week, David understood his identity in God. He knew who he was. And you and I need to know we have authority and power over all the power of the enemy. That there is still power in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're not backing down from any giant because we know how this story ends. God wants to give you victory. You say, Preacher, it sounds like you're touching the areas of my life and I'm getting convicted. I'm feeling kind of guilty, but that's okay. God, You need to come under conviction, but God, God's mercy says no to the devil. The devil wants to take you out, but you can gain the victory if you receive the mercy and the grace of God and turn to God with all of your heart and say God help me deliver me from this sin come on somebody say amen. amen secondly David was able to take this giant out he was able to defeat this giant because he remembered what God had done in his life look what he says in 1 Samuel and I'm going I'm to do this quick 1 Samuel chapter 17 when, when David says to Saul your servant See, see, Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine. You're a youth. He's a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came, took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it. I struck it, delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Wow. Don't mess around with this dude. Verse 36, your servant has killed both a lion and a bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Look what David said. Moreover, verse 37, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. What was David doing? He was rehearsing all that God had done in his life. He was saying, listen, you know what? The same God that gave me some victories here will give me a victory now. Why? Because my faith has grown and I've seen God work. Come on, some of you here this morning, you know what it is to see God work in your life God's answered a prayer God's blessed you, God's made a provision come on, I've heard your testimonies I know they're real, I know they're true today, some of you here how many of you know it's a blessing just to be in the house of God come on, it's better than any county jail come on, it's better than any insane asylum come on, it's good that we're in the house of God today, see David was remembering what God had done he was rehearsing what God had done. You see, we, we're te- we tend to rehearse the negative in our life. Come on, I fight with that sometimes. I struggle with that sometimes. The setback, the discouragement, and I focus on that. And God has to tell me, listen, let go of those things. I want you to focus on what I'm doing. I want to focus on what I've done, the victories I've given you. I want to encourage you this morning, write your failures in the sand. But write your victories in marble. Come on, we overcome this morning by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our our testimony. Come on, we overcome this morning. We build up our faith. The smaller victories, we're preparing him for the bigger ones. You see, David dealt with little things in private so that he can defeat Goliath in public. You see, self-indulgent disciples sleep when they should pray, and therefore they flee when they should stand with Christ. The disciples were told by Jesus, watch and pray. Could you not watch and pray for one hour? See, if they were watching and praying when Jesus was arrested, they would have stood with him, but instead they fled. You see, because we're able to say what God has done in our past, we can stand firm today and believe that he will do it again david see david he he understood who he was in god he understood what god had done but he also knew the power of the name of jesus look what david said he said the lord will deliver me but see david was declaring that god is a deliverer god not only forgives our sin but he delivers us from the power of our sin. It's a battle. It's a struggle. We, want to, we don't do the things we want to do. We do the things we don't want to do. We have this battle that we all fight, but God wants to give us the victory. He wants us to be a people who overcome instead of being overcome. David said, the Lord has delivered me. The Lord is a deliverer. You see, one thing to say he is a deliverer, it's another thing to know the delivering power of God in your life. What did David do? He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. You see, this morning, we come in the name and the authority of God. And what did David say? David said, this battle is the Lord's. God knows what you're struggling with. Turn to the person next to you say, God knows what you're struggling with. He knows your battle. I like what our visiting preacher said, the devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. God is a God of mercy. He is a God of grace, and he has provided a way out for every one of us. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. The The proverb says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and find safety. Would you stand together with me this morning? I want to ask the the singers, the musicians to come back. You see, David said, the God of the armies of Israel. I believe David wasn't just talking about the physical army. They didn't look too impressive. They were running in fear. But I believe David was looking at the spiritual army that was arrayed on his behalf. This morning, we stand here. This morning, we have a struggle. We have a battle. We have giants that we have to face. But you know what? We have God on our side. If we're willing today, not only can we take the giant down, but we can cut his head off. I wanna challenge you today. I believe, I believe with all my heart, there are some here today, you need to gain a decisive victory this morning. A decisive victory. What I mean by that is you come to this altar, you surrender to God, you've your sin, and you begin on the road to freedom. You begin on the road to healing and deliverance. But today, I believe, is a a divisive moment, a a decisive moment, a decisive moment for you to take that head off that giant. Come on, we all don't don't think it's just for one group that I might have mentioned or another group. All of us need to deal with things in our life. I want to finish strong in life and ministry, but I know there are things that come against me I know there are bitternesses. How many of you know people do and say things that really hurt you? That's a giant. Come on, I know people who get so bitter, who get so hateful and so angry, they just, they just, they just implode. Come on, some of us need to get over those things. We need to give them to God. We need to pray about them and surrender them and say, God, I forgive them as you forgave me. Come on, I let them go, and God will give you the grace. I'm not talking about doing this in your own strength. David, when he went towards Goliath, he said, the Lord is going to bring deliverance. He understood it was God. So this morning, the first... The first note that is sung, come on, when they begin to sing, I want you to move out of your seat. If you're still worrying about what people think, you're going to miss the mark and you're not going to defeat your giant. I don't know about you, but it's not about what people think, it's about what God thinks of me. Come on, just move out of your seat right now. Come on, God wants you to take the head off that giant. Today's going to be a day of victory in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. Yes, yes. When the darkness falls, it won't reap. Come on, there are more people that need to move. Come on, you need the to God run. Run knows to your giant. To Come on. Triumph. Come on, God's gonna give you the victory today. My Come God on, you're the lion that's coming down. You're the lion that's coming down in the name of Jesus. My God will never...